This episode of the Link Up Podcast is brought to you by Moody & Co. CBD is everywhere these days, from supplement and nutrition stores to gas station displays. With so many options, how can anyone make sense of what to buy, how to properly dose, or trust in the quality and purity of the products? Luckily, our friends at Moody & Co. have all your bases covered. Moody & Co.'s products started their life, hand-grown, and cultivated following strict organic growing practices in the fertile soil of the West Tennessee Delta. Each hemp plant was hand-planted on their family-operated farm, fed only high-quality organic nutrients, and finished their life free of any toxic pesticides and sprays. Moody & Co.'s world-class extraction and manufacturing partners are FDA-grade and CGMP compliant, so you can be sure each and every product is of the highest quality. What about potency and purity? Each of Moody & Co.'s products is third-party, lab-tested before and after the manufacturing process, and the tests are available for you right on their website. Their website is www.moodyand.co. I'll spell that for you. That's www.moodyand.co. How about that for transparency? Dosing instructions are on each bottle and their tinctures feature graduated droppers so you can be sure you are taking exactly what you need. With all the uncertainty about what goes into the products that go into you, you can rest easy with Moody & Co. CBD. Available at www.moodyand.co or on the shelf in Memphis and Oxford, Mississippi locations of Nail Bar & Co. Once again, I'll spell that website for you. It's www.moodeand.co. And now to our episode. How did y'all meet? Just through uh, social media, or did you know him prior? Yeah, social media. Like um, back when, like I'm not on TikTok as much now, um, but like Instagram and TikTok, and like I saw some of his stuff, and then he would he would be live some mornings, like doing his coffee and kind of doing shirts and stuff, and just kind of getting to know him. And then I was like, I said, I, I was like, I've seen that like shirt a couple times, and it started popping up on my feed, and I was like, okay, this is the guy who does it. And then just seeing that he's, you know, definitely another, I mean, much bigger business than me, but he still, you know, only has a few people running it. So, um, I was like, oh, that logo's sweet too. So kind of reached out to him and, you know, some people on social media, just, they won't, they won't talk to you. Uh, sometimes when you reach out, when you're trying to collaborate, um, just to grow, like for each person to grow. And then, you know, he, he responds. Um, I, I talk to him probably weekly. Um, cause we're trying to collaborate on something that's both beneficial for us, um, hopefully here soon. So yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he definitely is a really good guy. I don't understand that mentality where people feel like they have to be separated all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you, there's strength in numbers. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, everybody can eat. I don't understand. Like that just screams insecurity to me though. Like you think yeah. that if somebody comes in your space or 
they're right. going to take your your food away from you. And it's just like, no. I mean, I guess maybe there are some people that have the mentality, but you don't want to be around those people anyways. No. And it's the same with like woodworkers. Like, um, you know, there's there's some woodworkers I talk to constantly and we share tips and other things like that. And then there's other woodworkers that's like, I mean, I don't want to give you my trade secrets and things like that. And it's like, okay, like I can figure it out. You know, I'm not trying to like recreate what you do. Um, but like, you know, you see something you're like, Oh, I like that technique or I like that style. Like I want to try to do something similar. Um, but with all the wood flags out there now, like it's just, it's kind of saturated in certain places like Etsy. There's tons on there. Um, so I don't, I don't even try to go on Etsy. Um, most of my stuff's referral and word of mouth and just people reaching out, like, and then just growing, like you said, and like, there's a restaurant here in town that bought two, two flags from me. And now I'm doing like his, uh, his signs inside his new restaurant for him. Cause one guy that was doing them for him for his original restaurant, I guess got older and didn't really want to do it anymore. So he's like, Hey, I need somebody, uh, local and who I can depend on. I said, okay. <laughs> now, have you always been into that or is that a new craft of yours? Uh, it's been fairly new since probably 2018. Okay. That's what, five years. Yeah. And what was the reason why you got into it? Um, we were in a store in Fort Collins, um, cause we're originally, well, I can't say originally from Colorado cause I'm a military brat, but we were living in Colorado at the time and, uh, I had been unemployed and we just got a job back in DC. So we were about to move back to DC and I saw these wood, these Colorado wood flags, and at the time, I didn't know that they were screen printed on like either faux wood or, you know, cheap wood. But I was like, man, I can, I could probably make that. And my wife joked, she said, you know, you're not that handy. <laughs> so, you know, I said, no, it's true, but like, that doesn't look too hard to do. Um, so when we moved to Virginia, I kind of started tinkering with them. And the first one I made, I didn't really have any tools, but we had like a bunch of pallet wood from a a hot tub in back that was with the house that we got rid of. And I made the first like Colorado flag out of pallet wood. And I just used the paint can, the bottom of the paint can as the circle for the O inside the C and then just free handed it. It's still in my garage because that's my first one I ever did. And then, you know, just luckily YouTube has a lot of things that you can learn uh, from it and went from there and just, you know, I'm at like 200 and, 70 flags now or so not not including all the other stuff i've done that's pretty impressive now yeah it can get uh, it can get cumbersome sometimes but uh, during covid it was nice because i was working at home for uh march through august so you know i'd have my work computer and my work phone but other than that i was in garage in the garage making stuff how long does it take to make a like i say a standard size flag that you create uh depends how much time i have to myself (laughs) i got you i can i can knock out one in probably a couple hours um when my wife and kids were gone out of town one weekend i made four flags in six hours damn so i was i was i was humping it now is there a certain kind of wood you're supposed to use that's best for this uh honestly there's some guys out there uh one of my friends jeremy perez um He's been making some out of the harder, kind of more expensive woods. Um, it just kind of depends on what you're going for. Um, 
and right now wood's still kind of expensive like premium pine you want to use because they have like no knots in the pine um and they're pretty much already sanded so that takes a lot of time away from you having to sand them like you can just rip the strips and start going to town just staining and burning like you don't have to worry about sanding them but uh right now like a i think a six or eight foot premium pine board is 60 to 80 bucks and so how do you factor everything in like your time and wood and shipping uh so shipping i use pirate ship now i was using fedex business but man if you are like one inch over a certain uh length or height the price goes up astronomically really and sometimes one time sometimes they hook me up to like oh it's 37 and i was like well how much is it was 36 inch and they're like oh it's like 20 bucks cheaper Damn. And then, they're, then they're like, okay, well, I'll give you 36 because I was there all the time. Um, but then I found pirate ship and it just seems to be a lot cheaper to box it and package it and send it myself through pirate ship. So um, they've been helpful because I don't make any money on shipping. Like whatever shipping is, that's what the customer pays. Um, sometimes if I'm doing like donations, I'll make the flag for free. I'll just ask the people to pay shipping. Um, but yeah, factoring kind of the complexity of the build, um, my time, the materials, overhead, all that, all that kind of normal business stuff, I try to factor in. Um, I didn't really raise my prices when the lumber went super high. I tried to stay kind of close to you know uh, what I was charging people, and then I also give ten percent every month to a different charity. Um, so that's that's a little different than some other companies. Um, and then we've raised money for other things over the last few years with different things going on. Like, um, when the emergency, you know, room and first line workers were working their butts off during COVID, we auctioned off, I think four or five things that we had and we raised like 500 bucks and we gave the check to a local hospital here in town. Um, we raised another 500 bucks for another woodworkers kid who had uh, child leukemia. Um, and then we've built things for like veterans galas that get auctioned off, you know, during a silent auction. So those are cool. That's really nice right there. I think giving is one of the best things we can do. It's so rewarding. Like it is. You give them something, but you get so much back in return. Right. And I wish especially, more people would do that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you can deliver it in person and, there's like, oh my gosh, this is way better than I expected or, you know, things like that. And, you know, you feel really good about that. Uh, when I dropped one off for the local fire department, um, you know, some of their reactions were like, that's effing awesome. And they're like, oh, excuse my language. And I was like, no, man, like, that's what I'm going for. Like, yeah. That just honest reaction from you guys, because we've, we've given a flag to the PD here and two of the three fire departments in town. I really have to get over to that other one um, when I have time to build one, you know, on my own when I'm not doing orders. Um, so we try to do that as well. Now, where all do you ship? Do you ship outside of the United States? Yep. We ship, uh, we're worldwide. Um, we've shipped to, I've shipped to England. I've shipped to Korea. I've shipped to, uh, I've shipped to Germany. And when some of the folks are stationed in the Middle East, obviously I'm not shipping it there because then they have to like bring it back. So I ship it to where they're stationed, home station. 
and then they get it when they get home. Um, so yeah, like the first time I went kind of overseas, I was living in Virginia and I shipped it to Hawaii. And at that point, the shipping was more than I charged for the flag. And I just felt really bad, but, um, it went to an NCIS agent and she loved it and everybody signed the blue line part of it. So it was cool. That's awesome that your, uh, your artwork has reached that many people and that yeah, far. it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Like I talked to other woodworkers. I'm like, can you like, you guys believe that this little thing we started with, like our artwork is in people's homes and businesses, like super cool. Yeah. Did you think it was going to take off the way it has for you? No, honestly, it was like kind of a small side hustle to pay down debt. Um, you know, we had just come out from being unemployed um, and uh, got back got back into government. And my wife wasn't working at the time. And uh, she would like help me when I'm at work. She's, she'd say, you know, what do you need done? And I said, well, I need these stained or sanded. And she would help. Um, like the first flag I made, I sold for 55 bucks and it's kind of my normal 19 by 36 flag. And the guy was a FBI HRT, former Marine. And uh, he's like, dude, you got to charge more for this. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he's like, how much was your stain? How much is the time to like make, you know, how much was the wood? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just, he's like, you got to charge more than this. Um, and then he bought another one. And I think at that time, I think I raised it to like 85 bucks he said, you got to charge more. You, t- you charge it too cheaply and people are going to think it's cheap. I was like, oh, that's a good point. Um, but there's people out there that charge way more for the same size of flag. And, you know, if they want to do that and they get it, good for them. It's just at a point, I don't want to be charging people so much just because I can. Um, sometimes people pay me more, which is fine. I don't ask for it. Um but sometimes they're like, no, I'll, I'm going to give you this because it's like, it's perfect. My husband loved it or, you know, things like that. And you're like, okay, like I, this is the price I'm giving you. If you want to give me more, great. Um, a lady yesterday, I delivered a flag to her in town and uh, she's like, and she couldn't pick it up for like three weeks. Like it was right after Christmas and uh, I, and we just couldn't link up. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> one right there, right? I got that. I got that. Use it, use <laughs> yeah. it, use it. Um, so I delivered it yesterday. She's like, can, can I pay you for like storage and delivery? And I said, I mean, I'm not asking for it, but if you want to, if you want to throw something my way, that's fine. And then she did. And I said, Hey, that's, that's going to go right to a charity. I'm not going to keep that extra money. So, um, I actually just used that today for the charity, um, that I'm running. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. So you actually run your own charity? Uh, no, sorry. I, uh, I choose a different charity every month to oh, okay. donate, I yeah, donate our funds to. And since I'm a living kidney donor and my three year anniversary was a couple weeks ago, um, the national kidney foundation is the charity right now, um, that we're putting our 10% proceeds towards. Yeah. I saw that in your profile. So who'd you donate a kidney to? Uh, my mother-in-law. <laughs> wow. So like, and what is the process? Yeah. Like, how long were you down? And do you still have to do, like, stuff today because you did the con- a, didn't you, a kidney donation? Um, so it's it's probably the most intense physical I've had, even going in the military. And those of my military folks know that when you go in the military, they just want to make sure everything's functioning. Like, your blood, you know, your your body's working. You're not, you know, completely off the rails, crazy. And then you're healthy. Um, this, this physical is like everything. They want to make sure your, uh, markers and your blood match. 
um, other things, you know, in your body match. Uh, you have to get uh, a CT scan of your kidneys. They have to check and see if, if there's any issues with those, obviously. Um, and then sometimes you're a match, but there might be a better match out there. And so what they do is like kidney pairing. So you can still donate, but it'll go to somebody else. But say my mother-in-law, if she didn't get mine, she would get another kidney from another donor that was maybe a better match. Um, and I only did it after uh, my wife tried and then my wife's brother tried and they were ruled out from the CT for various reasons. And then I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll be nice. I'll try. Like you guys were family, so I don't think I'll be a match. And then they called me back and they're like, Hey, your blood's good. Like, do you want to continue? And I said, yeah. And then they called me and said, you can directly donate to her. Um, so that was in the end of 2019. And I tried to do it before Christmas, but they're like, Oh, you know, we don't have any open <laughs> dates. So, uh, January 13th, 2020, which my goodness worked out so well because, you know, three weeks later or no, about a month, you know, a month later, uh, COVID hit and they stopped all those, what they called elective procedures. Um, so like everything kind of worked out as it was supposed to, uh, my recovery was, I guess a little harder than hers because, you know, they went in through, you know, they go in through your stomach, they got to cut the abdominal wall and then you're moving around organs and, you know, taking the organ out. Um, so they recommend six weeks of basically nothing like no lifting anything more than 10 pounds. So you got your kids, you know, trying to jump on you or say, lift me up. And you're like, yeah, I can't do that for six weeks. Um, so the only thing I could do is like walk, uh, go to the gym, do the treadmill. Um, and then about six and a half weeks later, I started lifting light. Um, and I really haven't had any complications. I think week nine or week 10, I had some abdominal pain, so I just took a week off. And then after that, like I've been great. Um, I did a Spartan trifecta, uh, a full year after my, um, donation. Um, I joined the donor games, which is like CrossFit open, but for uh, living donors and recipients, uh, we had our championship last September and I got fourth because there was a three-way tie and, uh, we had to do uh, 20 Cal row for time and I got beat by like two seconds. Um, so <laughs> Um, and then we just started our, our next round of, uh, donor games open, which just finished the other day. And I got second on the bench and deadlift. So, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then it's good camaraderie with other athletes, um, that are, you know, showing people that even if you donate an organ, like you can still be fit, you can still be healthy. You can still live normal life. Like it's not as crazy as people think it is by donating an organ, um, you know, kidneys can't grow back, but like liver, liver donate donation, like your liver grows back. Um, so we're just trying to, and that's, that's part of like the donor games and things like that is showing people you're going to, you, you can still do things that other people can do. Wait, I thought, wait, so you can donate a liver too and yeah. you still stay alive. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't donate my liver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, no, yeah. I was just saying like, I the, think the only the, thing you probably can't donate is like your heart, man. Or your yeah, brain. you only got one of those, and you know, some you only have one like, liver. It grows back. They they take a piece of your liver. There's they a thing called the internet, thing. man. You should use it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but don't trust everything on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tell them all the time. Yeah. I'm like two ears, one mouth, man. Right. Well, last night it was funny because uh, my friends 
tried to match um, for a teenage uh, girl. Her mom was looking for potential donors and they were asking me like what the process was. I was like, well, the first thing you just got to get tested. Like it doesn't matter after that if you're not a match. So they, you know, they volunteered to get tested, which is awesome. Um, we met last night for his 40th birthday and she's like, Hey, we weren't a match. And I was like, Oh, it sucks, but it's hard. Like there's a lot of factors that go into it. And she's like, well, you have another one. You could donate again. I was like, I know I'm real selfish. Like I'm going to keep the one kidney. (laughs) Yeah. You're very selfless, man. That's amazing. Right. Right. (laughs) So, um, so it's been good. So, and then my mother-in-law has been super healthy. She's, uh, my father-in-law is like, thanks a lot. She has more energy now. I appreciate it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's impressive. I saw that in your profile. I was like, wow. So when did you get into service? Um, I joined in uh, June of 2003. And what was the reason why you joined? Did you always want to be a service member? or? Um, I'm a third or fourth generation military, but like my honest thing was I wanted to go in the FBI because when I was like 13, I watched point break. Okay. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the original, not, you know, Keanu. The new, yeah. Keanu and Swayze. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I was like, man. And then I watched like Donnie Brosco and Dan, I was like, man, FBI like that, that seems cool. Um, and then my dad jumped in. He was in the air force for 23 years. My grandpa was in world war two in the army. My grandma was a, a nurse in world war two. Um, my uncle flew B-29s, or my great-uncle threw, flew, like, over 20 missions in a B-29. Um, and then my dad's like, well, did you think about ROTC? Because, like, you could do four years, do something like Intel, and then go into the FBI because they would probably appreciate military service. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. So um, I went to Colorado State University. Uh, you can just join ROTC without a scholarship, and then you can apply for a scholarship. And I got a scholarship, um, and then that started my sophomore year, and then got on active duty in 2003. And uh, while I was at college, my dad sent me a link for what was called OSI, and I read about it, and it was basically FBI within the Air Force. And I said, ooh, I'm in the Air Force, get Air Force benefits, plus be kind of an FBI agent. That seems interesting. What I didn't know is like that's the number two requested career field in all the air force behind pilots. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I was, I was, I, w- I would have flown, but my eyesight wasn't good enough. Um, so after I learned about that, like all my effort was towards getting into OSI. And then once I got that, after I graduated, um, I was like, yeah, there's no reason for me to go FBI now. Like this is great. Um, and then 2015, uh, Congress did a reduction in force and I was, one of the ones that was cut for nobody knows really the reason um, point scale, you know, above the line, below the line type thing. Um, and that's kind of what, what kind of hit a roller coaster for a couple of years, unemployment, um, got a private sector job, didn't really like it, but we owned a house, so I couldn't quit. Uh, got fired from that a year later, was unemployed, um, was driving Uber and coaching basketball on the side. And then uh, I got activated in the reserves, which uh, basically saved our butts. Um, and then I got the job out in D.C., stayed there for two and a half years, and then we came to Texas. So um, it's been a it's been a a big trip. <laughs> yeah, you're on a journey right there. What yeah, was what yeah. was the what role did you have in D.C.? What was 
Um, so the first time I was in DC with OSI, I was the liaison to headquarters FBI. Um, so at least, you know, part of my career, I got to kind of be working directly with the FBI, um, as opposed to just like working on investigations and things like that. Like I was sitting at FBI headquarters, um, to coordinate things between us and the FBI. And then the second time in DC, I was with, uh, Department of Homeland Security doing counterintelligence at their headquarters. Did you ever get called out to, um, well, I know it's not a air force base, but, um, like Fort Bragg where all those where, like soldiers keep on going like murder and stuff. Um, yeah. So I was actually stationed at Pope air force base, which is on Fort Bragg. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So I was the, I was the commander out there for OSI. Um, for about two and a half, three years, I deployed once out of there. Um, that's that's just a different world. Like Fort Bragg is so big, um, it seems they have like twenty generals over on that base, and then like our little Air Force base, we didn't even have like a general. Like our highest ranking person on the base was a colonel, um, so it was tough. Uh, sometimes if Bragg wanted to do something, you didn't really have any any leg to stand on. But uh, some of the people we worked with were really good. Some of the other people we worked with on the Army weren't. Um, that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's insane. Like every time I, my, one of my friends is, was in the military and he always sends me stories about Fort Bragg and I'm like, bro, what is going on over there? Like, why, why is all these people always getting killed out there? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird out there. You know, like one of our guys called it Bragg dad. Um, other, other call, other people called it, uh, Vietnam. Yeah, um, damn. for fit for Fayetteville, you know? Um, but there's, there's multiple times, like, uh, one soldier shot his commander at an all call on base during a safety briefing. What's on call. Uh, so like all call is like all the soldiers in that unit. Like they're just having a big gathering, like an official gathering and, um, their commander wants to talk to them about safety stuff and things like that. Or, their first sergeant wants to talk about, you know, whatever's going on in the unit or just on base safety wise. And then, you know, one of the soldiers shot the commander while he was speaking. Um, yeah. And then sometimes there's a pissing match as far as like jurisdictions. Like another time there was a, a deceased civilian in housing, but it was off base housing an air force member lived in the house, but army owned the housing. So like us and army CID, were trying to figure out like who was going to investigate it. And, uh, ultimately we did because they were sitting on their butts. Um, and then I get reamed from my side for running the investigation. Cause they're like, that's army. And I was like, well, nobody's doing anything. And we had both eight, like both sets of agents sitting outside the house. Like I had to make a decision. Um, you know, somebody had to investigate why the civilian died. Um, so, you know, that was frustrating sometimes. Um, but yeah, one of the jokes was like, yeah, Fort Bragg, like, you know, people die in Fort Bragg and they'll throw the dead body over onto Pope. So like the army doesn't have to investigate it. I'm like, Jesus. I was like, great. I was like, great. This is a wonderful place I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> now has your, from when you joined to now, do you think it's any different or better or worse? Uh, I I mean, I'm still in the reserves, so, um, but what I see, like, not locally, like at the lower level, but just stuff up top that's going on, and I have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't agree with some things 
on the top level. Um, kind of the way, like the way society is moving, obviously the military, it's a microcosm of society. So the military is kind of moving that way too. And the people that are speaking up and against it are also kind of getting punished in a roundabout way. Um, like for instance, the COVID shot, you know, them trying to get people out of the military cause we wouldn't take the COVID shot and things like that. Like that was totally uncalled for in my personal opinion. Um, but unfortunately I was, I'm a civilian with the government and then I'm a reservist. Like I had no choice. Like yeah. they're basically get the shot or, you know, you're done. And I was like, I'm almost to retirement for the reserves. I am not like, I am not taking a chance. Like I don't want to take the shot because it just didn't make sense to me. And like, as a kidney donor, I was like, I don't know how this is going to affect me. Um, cause since my kidney donation to when I got the COVID shot, I honestly had not been sick for like 18 months. It was crazy. Like I donated a kidney, recovered, and I I didn't even have a cold, nothing. Wow. And after the after I got both COVID shots, like a month or two later, I started getting like crazy allergies and then started getting more colds. I'm not saying it was a shot, but like if I was healthy eighteen months before it, and then <laughs> like and then my buddy who was working with me on reserves, he didn't get it. He was willing to, you know, appeal it and all that stuff and I was working with him, um, and I said, dude, appeal it by time because at some point things are going to change and I bet you it will get rescinded. And it did, um, this past month it got rescinded that it's no longer mandatory. Um, and he was able to kind of stay in under the radar, um, and not get it and like by time appealing it. Cause that takes forever. Um, so I texted him at the beginning of the year. I was like, I told you, I said, now you can finish. So Cause he only had like four years left. I was like, dude, don't get out. Like <laughs> you've got four years. Like it's not worth it to give that up. Yeah. I always wonder like the people that they force to quit or leave. Like what do they do now that they say, Hey, oops, you can come back. Yeah. They're <laughs> so they're trying to, I haven't read everything about it, but I know a lot of members of like Congress and stuff are trying to, get them back in and get them back pay, which would be amazing. Oh, that would be um, nice. But I also see the members being like, Oh, you're going to let me back in after how you treated me. No. Yeah. Like you can give me back pay, but I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm not coming back. Now, what do you think needs to be done for our veterans? Like once they're out, because oh. the current situation doesn't <laughs> seem right. Like my yeah. dad was in the air force and like, he'll go to the VA sometimes for something. And yeah. he says he'll sit there forever. Yeah. They, they say like you die waiting on the VA to give you a test or something sometimes. You, you, you can't, I mean, I'm sure you can like while you're waiting. Um, they're, I think they're just inundated with too much and I think their processes can be fixed. I don't think they have the best. I don't want to say like they have like the worst doctors that are out there, but like I went to the VA to have a small surgery done and I wasn't really happy with it. Um, but I also felt bad because I was getting like this benign cyst taken out and I'm walking past like desert storm vets and Vietnam vets that are like way worse than me. You know, they're probably seeing this young, healthy kid, like come in to have the surgery from the VA and they're like waiting on something way worse. Um, but like my thing was like, yep, we're going to make a quick incision and we're just basically going to cut this, uh, cyst out and remove it. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Well, they ended up like popping the cyst or something. So then they had to like scrape all of it out in like different chunks. And mm. I was like, that is not 
what you said you were going to do. Um, but I just, I just think we need maybe a revamp of the system. We need more people available to help them because I have obviously many veteran friends in the VA. I just think just they have too much work um, for the people that are out there. Yeah, I worked out at the IRS for a little bit. I did a contract for a couple of years. And even like the equipment they had out there was like antiquated. Like yeah. we were still using yeah. like Windows 98 and like <laughs> stuff like that for some computers. Yeah, they're, they're popping in a floppy disk with your, uh, <laughs> with, with your x-rays on it and stuff. But it's like, you know, the government has all this unlimited money. So it's like, put it to use for good stuff. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, the money in government is, is just weird. Like I tried to save money when I was in charge by doing things and, you know, they said, Hey, you need to spend the rest of this or you don't get the same amount next year. Yeah. It's so and dumb. I, was, I was like, what, how does that make sense? I said, we're good. We have supplies. We have this, we had like, you guys have provided this that we requested. Like we don't, they're like, well, if you don't spend it, then you're not going to get as much next year. I said, isn't that a good thing? Like, yeah. you know, but every, everybody's fighting for their own budget. So it's, it's tough. That is insane. What part of the what part of the services do you think should be some of the money should be cut and given to like what part should we get more money and what part should get less money? Oh, um, I mean, all my other service friends out there will say the Air Force doesn't need as much money. Um, <laughs> like if you go to Army and Marine bases, man, oh, it's rough. Um, that's why I tell my friends, I was like, you made the wrong decision. Um, but uh but you know it's 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 just weird like you go to say fort bragg and you cross that line from pope to fort bragg like the buildings are dilapidated um they look like they're from the gulf war uh they just don't seem to be updated um the hospital my first son was born in he was born on fort bragg and that hospital was just it was not good like um I think in some buildings they still have like mold in areas and it's just like, come on. Like as soon as these buildings start tearing down, just, just tear it down and build a new one. Like mm -hmm. I know they try to hold on to all these buildings, but at some point you just have to, you have to cut and run. I, I know it costs money, but I feel like some of that money for better facilities and just, you know, normal health code issues would be great. Um, I can't, you know, obviously I think, I think the Marines and the Army probably need more of the money um, than the Air Force just because I've seen kind of the style of living that they're accustomed to. And I know that's kind of part of their services to, you know, make a harder soldier, make a harder Marine. But, like, some stuff when you're downrange, man, like, you kind of want to be, you feel, like, safe and taken care of. Um, and I've I've been to places where you're just like, I have to sleep like here and <laughs> like you want me ready to fight and you expect me to be able to sleep like in this situation. It's, it's tough. Now did your mindset, did you always have this kind of mindset or did your mindset shift once you became a service member? Um, I think like I've, I've almost become like more patriotic since I've been a reservist and like out of active duty, more supporting veterans. Now I've been off of active duty than I was while I was in. Like I love serving while I was in on active duty, but for my job that I was doing, it didn't always feel like I was in the military because I was wearing civilian clothes. 
you know, I was doing things not a lot of other people were doing, you know, I was investigating military personnel. Um, so it always felt like a little different kind of world that our agency was in, even though we were part of the air force and like, now I'm not in that agency anymore as a reservist. And you feel a little more part of like the military cause you're in uniform, I have to shave, things like that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed. Like I definitely know the sacrifices my dad and my grandpa and grandma gave and, you know, everybody else, you know, that fought in hard stuff. Like my, my grandpa was in Japan in World War II. My grandma was in World War II. My dad was in Vietnam. Um, when we lived in Illinois, desert storm was going on and I thought he was going to have to go over there. And like, I was so worried. Um, but because we won that war in like eight hours, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I deployed, you know, to Iraq and, you know, other locations, you know, you're just like, okay, <laughs> like, I'm in it now. Now, what do you think about, like, obviously ignorance is bliss. So if yeah. you've never experienced, like, what people that are in the service have dealt with, people here, you know, we live a very comfortable life compared to most people in other parts right. of the world. Yeah. So how do you kind of empathize with people that may be like, oh, the military is this, you know, this bad, bad, bad. But then you're like, I've right. actually lived in this shit. Yeah. It's, I mean, it. I, I've tried to grow to the point where I'm not going to like try to attack somebody, but I want them to understand things like say in the gym, like when I was younger, I was kind of a jerk. Like if I'd see someone overweight in the gym and like them doing something, I'm like, they're not even doing anything. Like they're not like, what are you doing? Like now I'm like, Hey, they're here. They're not on the couch. They're not eating. Like they're doing something like, so your mindset has to change a little bit. Same thing. Like when I was in the military and people would talk crap about military, I, get on them quickly now i'm like okay you and it's like celebrities right like oh if this person gets elected i'm leaving the country Mm -hmm. they're still here like it's it's like (laughs) yeah you're just waiting you're like okay bye like i you're still here like i've stopped listening to green day after billy joe said what he said you know last year i was like okay i'm done with you and you're canadian anyway so I don't care if you ever come back here. Oh, by the way, you have your success because of this country. But um, I digress. Um, it's 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 things like that. It's like, you know, people complain, like you said, about, you know, the military being, you know, bad or treating us bad. Well, you know, just go to another country for a little bit, you know, not not to just visit and be a tourist. Like, go go live in another country for like a month or two, three months, you know, live live in another country for six months where you know, again, my friends make fun of me because I'm Air Force, so we only deploy for six months or what they call like three days. You know, the <laughs> army deploys the army the army deploys for like eighteen months, you know, a year, things like that. But it's like go in another country for six months, you know, and live there and and see how you feel when you come back. Like even another even like European countries like that are super cool to be in, you're like, Oh, this is great. But when you come back to the States, you're just like, Oh, I'm so glad to be home. Like it's, it's just a relief. Like, yes, I understand. Like there's other countries out there that seem to be better and things like that. And I'm, I'm sure there's some good countries to live in. I know there's a lot of Americans that live in European countries. There's a lot of Americans lives in South American countries, but you know, a couple things happen and there could be like a coup and it's just all out craziness. Like, you know, 
it's it's just you just kind of relax when you're back here. I know there's things in our country that that happen and aren't great, but again, you compare it to something over there, it's just it's just different. And I just want people to like understand that, like you know, they're like, oh, I can't believe, it. go to Iraq, like go to Baghdad, like just try to just try to live there for like a month, see how hard it is, like you don't understand and you know just just come back here and be appreciative that's that's all we ask like i um people like comment on some of my flags and be like that's against flag code or the thin blue line flag is 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 racist or this and this and you're like okay first of all um these flags aren't official flags being flown on government buildings so flag code doesn't apply it's an artistic representation of the flag um you know if we put logos on things you know, they're like, oh, how could you desecrate the flag? No, I'm not desecrating any flag. It's it's a representation. I'm building it. You know, the dimensions might be off sometimes. We might do certain things that like, they're like, oh, you torched the flag? That's, no, like I'm not torching an actual flag. Like you need to back up, <laughs> um, you know, and then thin blue line flag is racist. I was like, okay, whatever. Like I was, I'm former law enforcement. It's not racist. It's supporting it's supporting police. And then like, Oh, you support like, you know, killing, you know, all these different races. I was like, I don't support that, but there's too much against our police. Yeah. There's some bad cops out there, but there's bad people in every profession or situation. So like, you know, firefighters always get off cause you know, they're the ones saving people all the time. Um, I have many friends that are firefighters. Um, but you know, again, like you see all this stuff, you're like, okay, if something happens, who do you call? Yeah. You call the police, you call the police. So you know, it's just, it's that type of stuff. And I try to delete those comments that start going back and forth with me on like flag stuff. I'm just like, I'm just like, there's no, there's no changing your mind. You just want to troll and you just want to be negative. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to go ahead and block you or whatever. So, yeah, we're dealing with that right now here in Memphis with those five cops that, uh, beat that kid. Yep. But it's like you said, I mean, you do still need police. I mean, we're having an issue in Memphis because of lack of police. Like there's yeah. an issue oh, where oh, like there's so you, much yeah. crime is happening and, and murders here. Uh, you would think why. that you would think that <laughs> Memphis is the worst person place in the world if you, you know, just reading the news. <laughs> but it's really, yeah. you know, I lived here for quite some time. And it's not that bad. It obviously could be yeah. a lot worse and it could be a lot better. But yeah, we're not sure. like getting robbed on a daily, you know. Right. Or at least yet. Let me knock on wood. You know what I mean? But yeah. But everything yeah, like the, that's what the news does, though. It doesn't matter what if it's left or right news. They they heighten shit to fear because fear is currency, and that's how they sell yeah, ads. And, yeah, and I don't and like we stop watching news at night um, for that reason. Like I only watch news at lunch. Um, I watch Fox News at lunch with folks at work, and that's like the only news I'll watch. Um, I get everything that I need from work. Um, watching news at night is just depressing um, because, like you said, yeah, like fear is currency. Like they lead with the worst stuff. <laughs> like yeah. there was a fire this morning there was you know two people shot there was a guy stabbed it was like great like awesome this is what i want to watch right before i go to bed and then they'll do like nice stories towards the end when people have like checked out like i'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> yeah and, uh, and those know? nice stories are like 30 seconds you know exactly or like exactly 15 seconds it's so frustrating um but yeah there's so many people but, doing good in the world i mean you're a perfect example of that you know, and, and that's what needs try, to be highlighted yeah, more, try. you know? Yeah. It's, it, you know, 
positivity is so much so much better than negativity like it takes a lot of effort to be negative <laughs> like mm-hmm. like people should feel exhausted after like they get angry and go off on things like man if you just just flip it like find something find something about that situation to be positive like you know when we were unemployed and then you know we got a job like i remember my wife called me i was at the gas station and you know at one point we were worried about where we're going to live and what we were going to be working and doing like am i going to have to reset and we're going to have to change our whole like way of life or am i going to like be able to get on my feet and she calls me after i'm working in dc again and she's like i'm really i'm really frustrated and confused about what nightstands to get <laughs> and I, was, I was like i was like do you realize what you just said she's like what she's like I, I want different nightstands or something i was like like six months ago we were worried about like how are we going to make money you know where are we going to live you know if i was going to have to do like six different like weird jobs and like now we're complaining about nightstands i mm-hmm. said it's kind of nice to yeah. worry about that issue instead of you know where we're going to be. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all perspective. Um, you know, it's just, you got to see where everything's at, you know, and, and it's like with our kids, obviously they complain about silly stuff all the time and you have to kind of let them in on life a little bit. Like, Hey, you've got a house, you've got food, you've got clothes and you're complaining about the size of TV that you guys have upstairs for your own use for watching movies or video games. I was like, are you seriously complaining about a 55 inch TV? That's too small. (laughs) I said, you are sounding really entitled right now. So I can take that and put it on the back deck. Like if that's too (laughs) big, if that's too small for you, they're like, no, 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 we're good. I was like, okay. So like, I was like, there's some people, there's a lot of people that have no TVs. Like, (laughs) Like there's kids out there in the world that have no food. So, you know, take a step back when you start complaining about stuff. <laughs> like I said, I think that goes back to the ignorance is bliss, though. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, I've been to some places in the world and it to me, that looks like poor. But to them, they don't seem like they're upset about their life because they have like the basic things. Yeah. That's and I think, situation. yeah, we yeah. complain about not having, you know, this extras. Yeah. And I think yeah. on our deathbed, we wouldn't be complaining about a TV or you know, something small, we'd be no, wanting more time. Yeah. It's like the no fear shirt back in the day. You guys remember no fear. Yeah. 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 Like the guys, the guy who dies with the most toys still dies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and like our, our pastor says it here at, at, uh, at our milestone church, you know, he talks about, you know, when it's all done and you know, you've got family around, you're not worried about, you know, that you were CEO or that you made so much money or you had so many things like it's the people that are around you and that you affected. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yep. So, you know, I have to constantly change my mind on things. Um, you know, thinking about that, like, yes, there's situations we need to get out of as far as like some debt and things like this. Um, we need to complain less about, you know, Oh, we need a bigger house. Cause like our kids are going to get bigger. Well, like, but we're okay right now. Like things are fine. Like let's, you know, one, you know, Johnny Cash, one piece at a time, you know, just let's, you know, let's, let's just knock things out one piece at a time and, you know, see where we're at. So, um, you know, the, the side hustle really helps with that, you know, um, paying off debt. Um, my son's made a couple flags, you know, he's earning his money for things he wants. Um, and then, you know, just, just trying to be more in the community and, you know, 
donating things to people in the community and hopefully get my name out locally. Like I've sold more around the country than I have <laughs> in my town. Oh, wow. Um, I don't, you know, like I don't have a store um, or anything like that. It's, it's my garage. Um, but I've um, like the Christmas market uh, we did really well at last Christmas. So you get your name out there more. You know, a lot of people took business cards, things like that. And so people will reach out locally a little more now than they were. But it's like, man, like I'm I'm mailing these things all around the country. And I think I've made maybe, say, 10 flags for people locally. <laughs> like mm, yeah. It's like I, I should be getting more local stuff. But, you know, I don't, you know, so if I can donate some stuff out to companies and stores here, then, you know, people, oh, that's really, you know, beautiful or I like that. And where'd you get it? And then they go, oh this guy did it, you know, things like that. Well, it's like that whole saying, sometimes strangers will support you before people that know you support you. Yeah. So, so like, oh, yeah. even like, you know, the strangers in your town, they're still strangers, but they're still local, you know, and yeah. they just don't know yeah. you yet. But yeah, yeah. like it's just getting the name out there is, it's sometimes it's not easy, you know, cause no, people are in their own bubbles. Yeah. yeah. It's tough right now. Like I don't have a website. Like there's another veteran who's like, Hey, I can help build a website. And I was like, yeah, I need to get a website. Cause Facebook took down my total, uh, two profiles a couple years ago um, because they were butthurt over oh, something wow. our, our flag group posted. And so um, because we were admins of those pages, they took our whole flag group down, which had like, I think 2000 members at, at, at a time. And this is across the country, yeah. like just flag, flag builders sh- sharing their builds, like talking about, talking about advice and things like that. And every week uh, we would put like, your best flag maybe that you made that week and we'd vote and we'd put it as the, uh, like the cover photo. And we put like a, a three percenter flag up there. And unfortunately that was like right near the riots, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which we totally didn't like correlate. It was just a beautiful flag. Like it was a great flag, man, not even 48 hours. Like all the admins, all the admins flag pages were removed. And Facebook removed our personal pages. Oh wow! That I had had for 13 years. That's got that had photos of kids, videos of the kids. We were using it like a, a photo album. Completely gone. They didn't let you appeal to it. Um, they didn't restore it. So like like a lot of my contact info out there, it had my Facebook page too, which I don't get a lot of activity on the Facebook page, but more Instagram. Um, and I was like, crap, I have to make another Facebook page because I've got contact info out there for it. So I had to make another Facebook page. I had to change my actual name on Facebook to make a new profile. Um, luckily, Instagram hasn't like been taken down because like I lose that. I've lost like the 2,600 followers. Um, all the flags I've ever built are on there. So I definitely need to get a website going. Um, so maybe like that can be kind of not touched by people that get butt hurt and just decide to take things down. Yeah. These tech companies are, um, Ugh. <laughs> they're a bit much sometimes. Like I, I tell this story all the time, but I, I posted a video one time. It was some dough and it was shaking. It looked like an ass and they thought it was nudity <laughs> and they flagged me for it. And I'm like, obviously I know it's not a person that initially right. saw it was like AI or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think when I first started getting flagged, I didn't realize you could you could challenge it. So now anytime yeah. I get challenged for something, and they'll challenge me stuff from like 2014, like when I first oh, got yeah. on stuff. And like, yeah. don't change your rules now. Like, if you yeah. didn't catch me back then when I posted it, 
don't come back now. Oh, we're against this community guidelines bullshit or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 so it's so tweaked to one side. Like I one guy that's on Instagram, like you've seen those memes that kind of look like say it looks like an ass or it looks like, you know, a butt cheek and mm-hmm. another butt cheek or something. And it's like, if you stop scrolling, you're my friend. Like, cause you're <laughs> yeah. like, wait, what is that? You know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like a close up of like two oranges or a donut or something, you know, it's something yeah. stupid, but it's like, Hey, cause you stop scrolling. You're my friend. <laughs> yeah. I got, I, I just got one of these yesterday where they flagged a video from like, I think it's like five years ago. What was the, what was wrong with the video? I I don't know. Like it wouldn't let me. It won't play it because it's been flagged. Like I have two options: yep. dispute it or submit yep. dispute or delete video. Yeah. Like I always I always submit dispute because like uh, say some of the workout things I do like on my personal Instagram page, which obviously has less followers because nobody cares about like me as a person. <laughs> um, but like some of the workout stuff I do, it's 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 to push that kind of kidney donor thing out there. And you're posting it with some music on it, you know, that you got from freaking TikTok and like Instagram will flag it because it'll be like, hey, this has copyright music and blah, blah, blah. And you're like dispute. You're like, it's available from another platform. So it's not like I stole the actual song and put it on my thing. Or if some music is playing in the background, like of a workout or if I'm doing woodwork and the music's on in the background, they'll flag it because they're like, you don't have authorization to use this song. I'm like, um, it's from my Amazon Alexa who's playing music and I pay for the Amazon service. So therefore I can listen to it and have videos. Like I'm not making money from that song. And like, you would the- think that the artist <laughs> would be like, or the, the publishing company or whatever would be like, this is free publicity because anytime yeah. I hear a song, I'm going to Shazam it. I'm going to be like, what is that yeah. song? Yeah. Well, it's also like everything that's tied to a reel, you know, like a really catchy reel. Where yeah. People- Exactly. Add a bunch of photos to it. Like those yep. things are blowing up all over. It's been they've been blowing exactly. up. And like I made one for the for the podcast, and you know I think it was like like three thousand people liked it or something like that. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I had a post. It was it, it went crazy. Like for me, um, I built uh, like I built a drink holder that attaches to your uh, weight rack. Oh, nice! And I, I just did a stupid like a, like something stupid. And it like I forget like I'll have to look, but man, it got it got like six hundred likes and over like two or three thousand views or something. I was like, that got that, but this badass flag I made <laughs> got like ten likes and a hundred and eighty views from the two two thousand six hundred followers I have. Like this flag that took a ton of work to do looks friggin' amazing. It got that, and this little stupid thing I did with this drink holder got, and I think most of them were like bots, but it was just ridiculous. And like, I'll talk to Andrew too about like things that go viral and don't. And I'm like, man, like, I just think there's a, a weird scenario that, you know, just things go crazy and things don't. Like, I'll see reels and they'll have 100,000 likes or whatever. I'm like, for that, like, they didn't do anything. Like, like I'm showing like a whole process flag build and then like the recipient getting it or something and crying and it gets like seven likes and like, you know, 80 views. And I'm like, really? I think the algorithm algorithm has wrong stuff to to focus on. Yeah, it's it's very (laughs) odd. I don't think, like you said, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. And I think that's just why they just say keep posting consistently because eventually something will eventually pop. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's what I should do more. But like, like one, one woodworker, uh, JD customs, he's awesome. He's posting stories all the time. Like you look at his storyline and it's like got 20, you know, 20 different segments on there. I was like, yeah, I need to just start doing more stories with kind of what we're doing. Um, but you know, sometimes you just don't get around to posting and I don't want to post just to post like, Want some wanna, intention behind it? Yeah, I want some intention, and I'm not going to post like regular posts because sometimes it'll like somebody it'll be like six likes. Yeah, and I'm like, I was like, okay, like I don't get it. But <laughs> now, do you ever do any like how-to videos? Yeah, so I, I do have a YouTube um, uh, veteran custom works on YouTube. Um, I'm killing it right now, man. I got like 415 subscribers. Oh, nice. So uh, <laughs> I mean, you got to start you somewhere. A- I know you need a thousand to start making any money because yeah. the act, the first actual video I did, um, I made custom epoxy coasters with ammo casings in them. And that has like, I think it's got over 14, 15, 16,000 views. Wow. I was like, wow. But other builds that I've done, like how to like a hundred something views. And I'm like, what? Like this is a full flag build and it's got like a hundred views. And then, like, I did a tactical, like, gear rack. Um, I think that's got, like, 1.2 thousand. And then, like, other things I'll do, like, quickly. It'll have, like, 40 views. I'm like, man. I said, you know, and I know on YouTube, same thing. Like, you got to keep posting kind of constantly to keep people engaged. But, like, people that do real YouTube videos, like, they have software. They are, you know, they're putting work into it. So, I appreciate that. Like, my stuff, I'm on my phone. You know, I have some music in the background. I have my little logo artwork in the front and on the back, but that's about it. Like my computer, my Costco $400 computer from years ago, right now, all it's good for is basically running the laser in my garage. Um, I don't have time, like aside from reserves, normal job, husband, father, and then woodworking. Like I don't have time to do all that. Yeah. I know that they said, I think it was like that Mr. Beast guy was on something I was watching and he was talking about the thumbnail and i guess the title really matters and i guess maybe the yeah. time you post two on youtube yeah so there's like there was a shot somebody in our flag group gave us like it was like highest engagement times and days and uh i forget what site it was on but they're like y'all should try to post during these times and these at these days and i was like okay and i tried to do that you, you try to catch that wave and sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't like, you know, obviously weekends at night, like people are on there, you know, um, sometimes it'll say my audience is engaged or online more during these times during the week. And you're like, well, I'm at work. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. I'm at my full-time job. I can't like, I've got nothing to post at that time. Is Mr. Beast the one that uh, paid 250,000 for a thumbnail probably yeah my kids love my kids love him oh like, dude you need to add him hey for real add him on tiktok because one day you never know you might and i've seen him i've seen him in uh in texas a bunch like oh um, yeah so what they do is they'll go to like a random walmart and the the guy that's so there's two of them or three of them sometimes one yeah. of them one of them has a briefcase the other one is the one recording and the one with the briefcase is um asking do you follow mr uh, mr beast on tiktok and they're no. like, and like, no, I don't. Like, oh, okay. They'll keep on walking around until they find somebody who does. And, yeah. oh, yeah, let me see. If you really do, we have something for you. 
and boom, it's a brief, it's a metal briefcase and it usually has $10,000 in it. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw the first one of that, I was like, man, you never know. I'm going to be at Walmart or Target one day. And I don't know. I'm, I, I follow, I started following him right away on TikTok after that. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then IRS is just watching. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. Take that briefcase, please. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but no, like, uh, uh, I forget what show he was on. Um, Mr. B said that when he dies, he's giving his, all his pages, all his content, everything that's everything that he has owns is giving it to his best friend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause he's been there with him since day one or something like that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Like my kids are like, Oh, like I could start a YouTube. I'm like, no, I said, these guys that are on YouTube, like good for them. They found their brand and all that stuff. But like some of the stuff my kids watch, cause they're always on like YouTube shorts and it's like super annoying. And like, all they do is watch some of the gamers play Fortnite or whatever. And it's like, y'all need to stop watching that so much. Like, do you, do you, do you, do you actually play kids? Uh, sorry. Do you let your kids play video games? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Cause you know, I know some yeah. people that like, Hey man, you can play for like 30 minutes and that's about it. You know, I don't want you, I want you to go outside or whatever. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like my youngest is our tech guy. Um, he, you know, he loves playing his games, but yeah, we're like, I have the, like he has a switch and my older son bought his Xbox with his own money. Um, cause I was like, I'm not buying you an Xbox. And they're like, well, didn't you have one? I was like, yeah, but I was like 19. <laughs> like, like I was in college and like, I was a single dude in the air force. Of course I had an Xbox. Um, but he bought it with his own money. So I was like, okay. Um, but there's still rules. Like just cause you, you bought it and you own it. Like you're not going to be on it all the time. And he's really good. Like, when it's nice out, they're usually outside playing with their friends, which is fine. Like sometimes at night they're on it for, you know, a little bit or, you know, when, when they come home and they're eating a snack. Um, but yeah, we definitely try to get them outside cause yeah, we don't want to get them ingrained in, uh, in the gaming and things like that. Like it's, it's okay. Like I, you know, there's like that thing I posted today on, on the Instagram story with the Mario thing. Like these yeah. kids will never know. These kids will never know trying to get that jump with only three lives and no <laughs> continues. Like, um, but, uh, you know, and I, I play games with them too now cause they're a little bit older and like, it's kind of fun to play Madden with them and stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's more fun to go out and throw the football or play basketball, like coach two basketball games today. So, um, that's, that's much more what we're trying to push on them instead of video games all the time. Have you always been into physicality, like physical activities? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I played played all the sports when I was a kid and then kind of focused on basketball as I got older. And uh, then when I was in Korea, um, lifting with two of my good friends, and they were much bigger, but I started pushing kind of same weight near them. Um, that's when I really got into more fitness and food, health, you know, exercise type stuff. And ever since then, it's just been kind of that way. Um, and luckily my wife, like she likes to stay fit and she likes to work out like today. She's like, I need to work out. I just need to get the motivation. And I was like, as long as you do something, I said, cause I, cause I'm doing 75 hard. So like mm. I have, I have to work out today again. Um, I, I counted coaching, um, as it, because I looked at my, uh, my Amazon halo, which is like whoop. And you'd be surprised, like how much calories and activity you burn coaching, like walking, walking back and forth on the sideline and yelling and jumping and stuff. So I was like, holy cow, like I got 55 points of activity during coaching in an hour. 
Like I'm counting it. It was inside. So now I got to work out outside before church. <laughs> what, uh, what day are you on? I am on what, what's today? 28th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm on day 28. I started, uh, January 1st. Nice. Have you found yeah. it challenging at all? Um, well, last night we were at a 40th birthday and I didn't have any, any alcohol. Um, I, I think the, I think the real challenging part, like for me, I like sweets. So I've been mm. staying away from those pretty well. Um, I really haven't had any cheap meals. Um, like I'll take a bite of something here and there, but that's not like a whole meal. Yeah. Um, alcohol, like my whiskey cabinet, you know, it, it looks at me judging me every day as I walk <laughs> by it. Um, but I, I think like, I think probably the hardest part is maybe the outdoor workout sometimes. Um, like when it's nice here in Texas, I'll, I'll get up at 5 a.m., throw my weight vest on and, and go for like a ruck and do that for 45 minutes. And that way it's done and it's easy. Um, if I don't get that done in the morning and I still have to work out, you know, in the afternoon, then that's when you're like, okay, I got to figure out another time to work out. That's not taken away from family and things like that. So yeah, the two workouts a day, if you're not a firefighter, shout out to my buddy who's a firefighter and did it last year. I think you're cheating. Um, because they get to work out all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the two workouts a day is, is the toughest for everybody. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. I, I made it to day eighteen one time when I tried it, and um, I ended up drinking, and you know, oh. that, that's how I broke it. You know, oh. man, I just love beer, man. Like that, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. You know, but you and like you can't not take one drink for seventy five days, and that's I mean, that's part of it, right? That's that's the willpower. Exactly. Like, no, you're right. And he doesn't have like, that. <laughs> I mean, no, but you go, you both are right. No, you're right. Like, it's just, it, like you said, it's just 75 days. Like, you can fucking do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, like, you can. man, like, I was, I can't remember where I was. And everyone's like, Are you still, are you, have you fallen off yet? I'm like, No. Nah. Like, oh, okay, cool. And then <laughs> next thing you know, they're like, Hey, we're getting beers. You want beer? I'm like, Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want a beer. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, you know, I mean, if it's, like, if it's coarse light, it doesn't count, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's 98% water. Uh, right, but no, that's where I failed on that because I, what I was doing was I was doing my morning workout, like you said, before I went to work, you know. So I was yep. walking uh, forty five minutes in the morning, and then uh, I would go to the gym and do my weights and then some little bit cardio, uh, and th that wasn't as hard for me. But like, I think, I mean, I don't know. So you tell us you're an alcoholic. I, no, 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 <laughs> no. He doesn't go to meetings. He doesn't yeah, go to yeah meetings. exactly. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You're I just, I just don't. Uh, oh God. I, my friend Haley is doing it, and um, she said she started getting a headache really bad from um, not having sugar. You know, the water, uh, drinking the gallon of water every day. Really? And I told no, her she, she might have not been used to it, and so I mean, you can't yeah. get water intoxication mm -hmm. um, because the gallon is actually twice the amount that I'm supposed to drink in a day because. Um, I, they told me I have to drink like 66 ounces a day, just at a minimum for me. Um, so I'm like, Ooh, a gallon. I was like, that's, that's twice as much. Um, but it's, it's been easier now. Um, cause I was worried about if I drink too much water, um, with one kidney, like, Oh yeah. Damn. As long as you space it out well, I think you're okay. It's, it's those people that are like, Oh, I got to like get in, you know, like 60 ounces in the next like two hours. It's like, woo, like you you kind of misjudged your day there. Um, yeah. Like I'll, I'll drink, I'll drink like two full glasses in the morning just to like jump start it. So then I'm like, okay, I've had 16 ounces of water already before I've left for work. 
I carry a 64 thing out, uh, 64 ounce thing at work cause the water at work sucks. Um, so I never wanted to fill up there. So I know if I've drinking that by like one or two, I already had 80 ounces of my 128 for the day. And I know I'm going to drink, you know, 40 more ounces between, you know, when I get home and when I go to sleep. So, um, yeah, the water hasn't been bad. Uh, the reading hasn't been bad because instead of, you know, going to the bathroom and taking my phone, I take a book, which <laughs> I think we all should. Do. That's I our think piece. We all should just, I, th- I, yeah, I think we all <laughs> should read a book instead of being on the damn phone. <laughs> now, does the working out in general help out with like your mental health? Oh, 100%. Um, when I was unemployed for like the three straight months, I worked out twice a day. Um, instead of drinking, cause like you could easily go the other way. Yeah. Um, and my buddy who was a firefighter, he would work out with me in the mornings cause like that's how his shift worked out. Um, so that was great. Um, I needed that. Um, and like sometimes things happen or like you need some clarity, like, you know, people go for a walk, which is fine. People go run. My buddy runs like a gazelle. Um, so he goes, he goes to run to clear his head. You know, I just, you know, sometimes you need to get frustration out. The workout's great for that instead of like maybe punching a baby. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, what movie was that from? I forget, man. <laughs> oh, <damn>. Punch babies. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, like it's, it's, it's much better, um, for me to work out and do that. Um, especially, you know, if you're going through something or, like things that are happening you're like, ah, like, I don't want to sit here in my thoughts. Like let's get them out, you know, and have a good workout. And that's usually better. Yeah. Cause you generally feel like shit before you go like, Oh, I don't want to do this. But then when you leave, you feel accomplished. Yeah. You're like, I worked out like I'm good. You know, like even my wife, like she's like, I worked out, but like, I really didn't like, didn't feel great i was like but you still worked out like Mm -hmm. you didn't want to but you still worked out like you know other people just sat on their butt for that last hour that you were working out and she like she jokes with me because like i'll be like what'd you do she's like stop asking me what i did (laughs) because like i i have i have a program i follow it's called uh, train heroics it's from matt chan um he was second place in uh the crossfit games in 2011 he's a firefighter in colorado with my buddy so that's the plan i follow um and so i'm like you can do this she's like i can't do that weight i said you don't have to do that weight like you can scale it um so she just like searches on pinterest and does a workout you know she didn't have like a plan um i like it because it tells me what i'm doing <laughs> like i i don't want to start like i don't want to create my own plan like i'm just like okay what's today Ooh, today's running long distance what's tomorrow Ooh, tomorrow's good i'll do tomorrow today <laughs> and then <laughs> i'll I'll, su- I'll sub the running for rowing tomorrow like <laughs> You know what's so good about like working out though is like when you start hitting different increments that you thought were tough and then once you breeze past that, then you get to the next one. Like say you start doing like 10 minutes of cardio, then you do 20 minutes and 25, 35. Like once it gets to the 10 minutes, you're like, it's not hard. And oh, then yeah. once you get to the 30, it's not hard. And it's like, man, what was I complaining about this for, you know, this whole time when I was trying to get to this point in life? And that's the whole thing. Yeah. You always got to be consistent because if you're consistent with shit becomes a yeah. lot easier and he develops and that's, some that's mental he, toughness. That's, yeah. That's what he does too. Like we're in a rowing, a rowing and bench like program right now. And so the goal by the end of the rowing program is to like row for an hour. Mm, and that sounds, that's that, that's the, right. That the correct answer, sir. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds terrible. 
Um, but he does it in increments to get things done. He's like, okay, today you're going to row like, like you're going to do three, seven minute rows. And then next week we're doing like four, six minute rows. And then this time we're doing like three, 10 minute rows. And like it, it keeps, Hey, good job, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> My son just drew, drew the Grizzlies logo and, he put a quote in there. It says, "Ja, who you want to dunk on next?" <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, you push past some of these things. Like uh, for the deadlift last year, like these two dudes were much bigger than me. Like I'm five eleven, maybe on a good day if the weather's right and it's warm. <laughs> um, I I deadlift. I did a three rep max with a trap bar of five hundred pounds. I'm one hundred and ninety pounds. These other two guys were taller than me. One's a former Marine. Six, uh, he was 59, just jacked. And I was like, oh, he's going to destroy me. But he sent me his fail video of like 490. And it just, you know, he couldn't get off. And I was like, that's crazy. And then this year, like one guy who's 53, coaches baseball, I think in New York or something. He's he's pretty fit, dude. Um, he benched 285. And I was like, well, I'm not beating him on bench because my arms are long. Like, my arms are longer than I am tall. <laughs> um, so bench is not fun for me. But I got a PR at 41 years old. I'll be 42 next week. I got a PR on bench at 252. And I don't know if that'll ever happen again. So I got second place this, this time because they weighted the bench more than the deadlift. So I out-deadlifted him by 80 pounds. But because he got higher bench, then he won. So... Um, but yeah, like you never know what you're going to do until you like get on a program, stay consistent. Um, I'll shout out to Andrew, stay relentless, mm. um, do the effing work. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, and, and that's kind of my year program is like these donor games and then go to the championship and then stay on the program. And, you know, you got something to work out for, like getting like last year, you know, I made a decent amount of money working out and I'm like, I can see how like. People like to get paid to work out. Like if you do well, like it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and that's even more <clears throat> impressive that you're doing that after you had the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you like, like another level of motivation. Um, cause it's, it's a competitive thing, but you're also like, look, like just cause you, you know, just cause you're short a kidney, God gave you two. um, stop being selfish. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like it's it's amazing what some and there's like there's adventure race people with one kidney uh one kidney donor like won the freaking like i don't know what it was like it was a crazy one of those ultra marathon type things like david goggins like he won one of those and there's another kidney donor former air force uh active duty guy he's done the seven summits with one kidney um He's going around uh, within the next three years to hit all the summits in the U.S., the, the highest points. Um, other guys are like runners, skiers. It's amazing. Yeah. And then, like you said, you have people. Obviously, you don't know what's going on in their head, but you have people right. like yeah. sitting on yeah, the yeah. couch, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I always tell myself, I'm like, either I could do something for an hour that's going to benefit me, like either financially, <laughs> physically or right. mentally. Or yep. you can just gonna sit there and just do nothing and just let your life waste by. Yeah, yeah. And and you so, know, the older I get, the more you realize how time is important, how much time we don't have left. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And how important being in physical, you know, shape is because, like I said, oh, it definitely yeah, like, helps out your mental too when you're, you know, you yeah, look good, all, you feel good. All, yeah, we all watched the Limitless series on Disney Plus with Chris Hemsworth, uh-huh. and all the different episodes that talk about different things. Like he's trying to, you know, he's trying to live longer. He's trying to live healthier, and it goes into these different episodes of things that you can incorporate into your regimen of daily life, weekly life that can help kind of fight some diseases, fight, you know, fight father time, fight muscle fatigue, things like that. And I was like, man, that's great. Like twice this week, uh, me and my son have done like an ice bath, Mm. um, not together. (laughs) Um, But like, like after, after a whole week of the donor games, lifting like over 7,600 pounds on deadlift, not including like warmups, lifting over like 900, a thousand pounds on bench in a week, not including warmup. Like I was tired, like just physically tired. And I was like, okay, I'm doing an ice bath. Like, and did it for, you know, the first, first night I did it for four minutes. And then the next night I did it again, I was able to do it five minutes. Uh, my son did it for three minutes and then he did it for four. Um, but yeah, you do feel better after those. Like it's, it's not a gimmick. Um, so it's stuff like that, um, that can help. How important was your breath work during that time? Oh man. Um, I like, I told, I told Alexa to play meditation music. Um, you know, like my wife walks in, she's like, what are you listening to? I was like, I'm trying, I'm keeping my mind off of the cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Texas. There's a reason I don't like cold. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's super healthy for you. Um, you do have to breathe, but after a while, kind of, as you know, when you get cold, like it's kind of normal, as long as you don't move <laughs> too much, like you're going to get cold again. Um, but it kind of settles in and like, you can just kind of breathe and just listen or, you know, one more thing to keep your mind off stuff, you know? Um, so it, you know, that's, that's been good. Yeah. Like I said, the, just being mentally tough is, is is it amazing? I mean, you can accomplish so much by being mentally tough. Yeah. It's, I don't it's think like, it, like uh, you don't want to be those people. I saw something that said the people that are back in the, like in our ancestor days that didn't do anything. Those are the ones you don't want genetics from. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, well, it's, it's, I forget who like kind of instituted like the hard to kill mindset. I don't know if it was Jocko or somebody. Um, like they're not, they're not saying like be hard to kill, like be like Superman or like physically, like be hard to kill, like be fit, be healthy, be mentally there, be prepared for things. You know, um, it's like during COVID when like people and friends were getting sick and like, you know, I did the donation thing and all that stuff. I would just joke. I was like, you can't kill me. Like I haven't gotten COVID. Like I, like I, I gave an organ and I've been around people with COVID. I haven't caught it at all maybe i did and i had no symptoms but mm-hmm. who knows um so i just joke about that you know um but uh but then texas and allergies hit and i'm like a baby like, <laughs> yeah freaking juniper and ragweed are killing me um but uh but yeah it's just that mindset of everything and just kind of doing what you can you know trying to instill stuff into your kids you know not make them entitled uh, make them work for certain things, obviously rewarding them for others. But, you know, it's just like, you're not going to get stuff just because you ask for it. Um, I want you to work for it. I want you to put in the work. Like uh, one of the things my son did after I got my truck a couple years ago, him and his friend decided to toss dumbbells. Oof. You can see where this is going. Yeah. 
So literally I, I was outside and I was like, Hey, don't touch the weight equipment, all that stuff. I was like, you know, do it, you know, have fun, but don't touch the weight equipment if I'm not out here. Cause sometimes we'll do like the tricep, you know, pulley and stuff. So I go in, not like two minutes later, my youngest comes in. He's like, uh, Taven needs to talk to you. I was like, okay. I come out and he's like in the corner, <laughs> like in fetal position, turtling. And I was like, what? And I thought somebody was hurt. And I look and nobody's hurt. I was like, okay, nobody's hurt. He's like, um, I hit your car. I was like, okay, with what? A dumbbell. <sighs> and I thought he meant my car because I was still trying to sell my car after I got my truck. I look at my car, car's fine. I was like, man, if you if you hit my car and I'm trying to sell it, that's going to suck. Didn't hit my car. I said, what, did you hit the tire? He's like, no. I was like, well, you didn't hit the car. And then he pointed to the truck, which I just got five days earlier. Mm. Mind, mind you, it's used, but it's still new to me. And I look at the truck. I said, you hit the tire? Like, I don't see. He said, no, the windshield. And I uh. go over to the driver's side and you see the two heads of the dumbbell where it cracked my windshield. Damn. I did not go crazy. Um, inside, I was going to blow up. <laughs> I told I told his friend, I was like, go home. <laughs> Taven, <laughs> Taven, inside. And I just talked to him very calmly. And I said, what happened? Oh, well, he had this idea to like see how far we could toss dumbbells. I was like, right after I said, don't touch the equipment? And you come <laughs> out with this idea? So that's that's like two bad ideas. And then he's like, and then it slipped. I said, why were you even near the, tr-? like, I was just dumbfounded, right? So I made, he was grounded until he paid me back for the windshield. And he did all the stuff to earn the money. He picked up dog poop at neighbor's yards. He did this. He did that. One lady's like, well, it's kind of raining and it's cold. I said, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. He'll be over there in five minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, oh my gosh. I said, no, no. He, he just threw a dumbbell through my windshield and he's paying it back 100%. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, he, he earned the 300 and some dollars it took to, you know, fix the windshield and he was grounded till he did that. And it took three weeks and, you know, we're good and he'll learn from that. Yeah. It'll make him appreciate money more. And, yeah. And, stuff. And, and not having dumb ideas or following your friends blindly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause generally you don't appreciate stuff as enough as much if you're given it and you don't oh, earn yeah. it. Yep. Yep. So. Um, so he's, he's really good. The youngest we're still working on, but he's, he's eight. So at least he's not 43. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know some 43, year old, 43 year old quote unquote men that, uh, oh. like they're 13. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. We, we've all, we've all got them. I mean, all our, all of us are kids anyway. Right. Like all the wives are like, Oh my gosh, you guys like, that's what she said. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. every time, every yeah. time it, it never fails. And then my buddy would be like, was that right? Like, no, that wasn't the right time. I was like, no, it did. That didn't land, buddy. That, that's not. Nope. Oh man. Uh, but, but yeah, it's uh yeah, we're all big kids. I mean, at least guys for the most part, like we're all big kids. We just have more money and more problems. <laughs> Somebody was telling me a measurement and we're my accounts on Thursday. And he's like, that's about, it was about six inches. I was like, no. And then I, and I, 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 I said, I said, that's what she said. And the trainee yep. that was with me, he was like dumbfounded oh. that I said that. I'm like looking at him, like we're, all of us are laughing on this other side and him and like the younger people are like, Oh, I was like, oh, forgot. You kids are not yeah. that fun anymore. Like, it's not that serious, right. man. Like, Jesus I know. Christ. Oh, did somebody get offended? Okay. Right. I think he did. I think he did get offended <laughs> when I said that. And I was like, geez, okay. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. know. Sometimes you can't say stuff like that in a corporate situation, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> that's true. So. Like you got to have <laughs> time and place. Have some, yeah, you have you have to have some awareness. Like you want to say it, or you'll look at somebody and you'll be like, "Okay, yeah, I I got you." <laughs> like, but but the boss is here, so we're not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing he lacks. <laughs> right. It's just good on we the all list. thought it. We all thought it. I was just yeah. the one who said it. <laughs> Oh man. So what's next for you? Um, like I said, like, uh, maybe trying to get the website up. I'm trying to finish a few commissions, um, to, to raise a little more money to get that going. Um, we have more products on the way, so that's helped. Like, uh, we're doing like custom RFID wallets. Um, I hope to be able to do like kind of the tumblers and things like that here soon. Um, just trying to you know trying to get more outreach um hopefully hooking up with andrew to to do something together um and just just kind of growing from there um not getting inundated to where it becomes a chore um you know because because the more things i make and sell the more i can give back Mm. um so that's that's like the biggest part like if i don't have any things going on then i can't you know i can't give back to the charities that i want to um which sometimes it's fine. Um, like I'm going to be gone for a full <laughs> month over in Europe for reserves. So, you know, I won't be doing anything at that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, continuing to kind of get my name out there, uh, what we do. Um, you know, th- I've, I've had multiple repeat customers that I'm super happy to have. Um, and, and just trying to like, trying to collaborate with smaller businesses to see if we both can, both can, uh, you know, benefit from, from working with each other, um, trying to get another like business to buy like some RFID wallets with their logo on them. Um, uh, they got one I sent to them for free. They loved it. So we'll just see if they're in the spot to, uh, to maybe get some for their business. Now you do, don't you do cutting boards also? Yeah, I do. I do some of those. Um, I'm working on a couple things right now. My planer jacked up one of my projects yesterday. Um, I think something was off with one of the blades because it wasn't like 100% even taken off epoxy. Um, it's my father-in-law's that I'm kind of using kind of to test out for him because he's never used a planer. Um, and he's he does projects all the time. Um, so, yeah, cutting boards, uh, you know, charcuterie boards or shark coochie boards, however you say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, serving boards. Like I just finished the TCU serving board. Um, they loved it. Uh, you know, I do a lot of wooden crosses and things like that. So, um, just trying to make different items um, that will sell. Um, I still have like stock stuff that I have available. Like uh, I have a bunch of uh, whiskey barrel stave bottle openers um, that I can personalize. I've got some of those available because um, I, I don't make stock stuff only for shows. So, cause if I make stock stuff, I have my problem, like I have now limited space to hold it. And I keep trying to sell it like every week. I'm like, Hey, still got this, still got this, like help me get rid of this stuff. Um, I've got three Texas flags wrapped in black walnut frame, um, that look really good. So, you know, just continuing to hustle. I mean, that's the beauty of the internet though, because it gave you an outlet yeah. To do something yeah. else besides just a regular nine to five or what have you, or just yeah. be local. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it's, it's been really cool. 
uh, to just have people just around the country and around the globe to order something from me. Like I think the first, well, not one of the first, but like somebody, you know, a, a, uh, military guy in, in the UK ordered, um, some coasters and a cutting board, you know, matching. And that was cool to send that all the way over there. Um, so it's, uh, it's cool. Cause it, it really is word of mouth and networking, um, for this stuff. Cause I don't do shows that often. Um, because like I said, it's a lot of work to get a lot of things done and you have to, you have to guess what people are going to want to buy. Yeah. Um, that's why everything I do is like, like made to order. Um, like I have a thin blue line flag that I had at the Christmas market. That's that I still have. Like nobody bought it. Um, but if I would have made like six, we, the people flags with the second amendment, with the casings and the union, I would have sold all those. Mm. Cause, cause everybody was like, Oh, I want that. I was like, yeah, it's already sold. Like I'm just holding it. And then, and then like five, six other people are like, Oh, I love that. I love that. I lo-. I'm like, okay, next time I know to make like six of those and, not even a Betsy Ross or an American flag, just make, make the, we, the people flag and they'll, they'll sell, sell right away. So, um, obviously that one takes a little more work. So I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to make six of those, but cause then you feel like you're in a assembly line. Yeah. That's, uh, you never, like you said, you can't, you can't predict people's ideas of what they want. So yeah. It's gotta just be, you know, I guess you have to kind of test it out, you know? And yeah, and then some people, be, some people would be like, oh, I give you artistic freedom. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> like, give me some kind of something what yeah. you want. Well, then yeah, Matt that some... said that. <laughs> yeah, when you told him you just wanted a website, and he's like, I need to know what the <laughs> website is. No, I was talking about Matt uh, Tam. Well, that the other guy's name is Matt, too, the website guy. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told yeah, him so to it's... get a website bill for his charity we were doing. He's like, yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll take care of it. Cause he, he wants to be big shots. So I was like, go on a run with it. I got the link up page built. Cause you know, I do all this shit. Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, Hey man, where's the site at? And he's like, Oh, he's asking for a, uh, a statement or something or like, a uh, what did you say? A mission statement. A mission statement. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I sent over a mission statement. And the guy's like, yeah, I need, I need more than this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yep. I understand, man. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, but uh, I yeah, don't want to so take I don't want to take up too much yeah. more to your time. Uh, let me ask you. Uh, I like to ask four questions. Okay. So, yeah. So, so the first question is: What's your advice for people, and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Man, like these days, like honestly, just try to try to be good and be positive. Like it's like these days, I think we just need that right now. Just people to be good and positive. Um, like I said earlier, negativity takes too much energy. Um, you know, it's, it's like some people at work, like some people aren't doing work. I was like, man, that takes a lot of effort not to work. (laughs) Um, so like, I would just say, try to be good and, you know, just be positive about things and kind of see where you are, you know, have that perspective, um, that, you know, and the mark I want to leave, you know, with the stuff we're doing is just giving back, um, from what we make. Uh, giving back to charities, supporting businesses, you know, donating to good causes um, and and showing that, like, just because I have a nine to five or, you know, it's more six to three. But, you know, I have a nine to five. I'm a reservist. I'm a dad. I'm a father. But I'm still hustling. Like, I'm not just like being happy with that. 
Like mm-hmm. I'm still hustling, trying to do different things and trying to reach different people and just grow, um, you know, as a super small business. Cause it's just me most of the time. Um, so people need to remember that if they order anything from me, it's just me. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I mean that, that would be my answer for that one. And the last two is who would you like to give flowers to like appreciation? And then what do you think happens when we die? Um, well, Valentine's Day is coming up, so I'd like to give flowers to my wife. Um, and I, and I, I've said this more times than one, but I appreciate that she lets me take time to do uh, the side hustle and things like that. Um, because sometimes I feel like I'm taken away from from family time and 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 such. So you know, definitely give her flowers for letting me do stuff. You know, when I have the time to do it, and her definitely supporting me. Um, as I work this stuff. Um, and you know, when, when we pass on, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. So, you know, when we pass on, we, 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 we join God in the kingdom and, um, you know, hopefully we live a legacy where we'll, pe- you know, will people remember you for, you know, the things you did good or bad. And kind of on that note, like what, what do you want it to be? You know, you know, do you want to, do you want to pass on, you know, hoping that you're a good dad, a good husband, you taught your kids the right and wrong what, things to do and hopefully find out things on their own, you know, make mistakes and learn from them. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully you're remembered for, you know, who you are as a person and, you know, hopefully that kind of trickles down as, as the, uh, people live on, you know, after you. So, um, I appreciate all this time. Uh, you guys were fun. Um, I've done two podcasts uh, previously. You, you guys were definitely super fun. Thanks, man. I have a, I have one question. Well, let me ask you. Oh, yeah, sorry, else. my bad. Um, what do you think about the state of men today? Ah, and what are you? What are you oh, grateful? Good one. And what are you oh, grateful for? for <laughs> um, so we got to be careful with the word "man," right? Or we're going to cancel. <laughs> oh God, um, yes. <laughs> I, man, I've I've seen. I've seen so many articles about like, you know, toxic masculinity. I think Andrew talked about it too, but like, yeah, there's a certain, there's a certain left or right of masculinity. Like you don't want to be like uber crazy man, like smashing and being Hulk and things like that and being like so uh, chauvinistic, but like, like being a man to me, like you're going to stand for what you believe in. You're going to do the right thing. You're not going to kind of, you know, get trampled by your thoughts and ideas, um, and, and break down to, you know, what's going on in society and what they're telling you is right and wrong. Because these days, man, I I swear, um, it's just, everybody's getting attacked, um, for just things that we've always been. And it just, it just frustrates me, especially like, you know, people attacking history and doing this. It's like, it's, it's, it's not going to change. You you can try to change books and all that stuff. And, you know, twerk it to your narrative, but like, you know, men need to just be men, not be afraid to be men. Um, and just do what's right. Stand up for what they believe. Like, I just, I just hate when people like just back down and kind of agree with, you know, something that they know is not right, but they know they're going to get like hammered for it. Like, just take it, like stand up. I'd rather you, I'd rather you get like hammered for something that you believe in than just like going along with it and being yes, man. When, when, you know, like it's not right. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah. And what are you grateful for? 
Oh man, I'm grateful for everything. <laughs> I'm I'm grateful for my family, all my family, all my friends. Um, I'm grateful that I was lucky enough to save my wife's mom's life. Um, I'm grateful to have served, still serving, um, just everything. Like there's like, we all have stuff that we've done or have happened to us and we, we can look down on it, you know, being unemployed, uh, kind of getting your shit handed to you for a year and a half, just bad things happening. Um, but you know, not backing down and having friends and family there to, to help and, and help you stay clear. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't say I'm not grateful for anything. Like just, you know, being in this country, having the friends and family I have, uh, grateful to have a job, (laughs) you know, grateful to have food, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, you really have to look at perspective when looking at your situation and, you know, if you're in a bad situation, change it. Um, I'm never going to say if you don't like a job, like get another one because I've been in that situation and I know how hard it is to get a job sometimes. Uh, 200 applications at one point with no like job uh, or, you know, maybe an interview, but no job. Like it's, it's hard. Um, but don't quit. Um, you know, look for a job while you have a job. Mm. Um, that's, that's the main thing because trust me, it's frustrating having people ask, find a job, find a job, find it. No, I'm just sitting on my butt, not looking for jobs. Like yeah. job jobs don't always post differently every day. Like it's going to be the same job, same things you're seeing for maybe a couple of weeks. Um, but you know, it'll happen just, you know, if, if you don't like your situation, figure out how to change it. It's okay to ask for help. Um, yeah. Good answers all around. What is, hey, thanks man. <laughs> what is your, um, what is your definition of happiness? And are you currently happy? Uh, I am happy. Um, my definition of happiness is, you know, being able to provide for your family, having, having good friends and family around you, you know, you know, surround yourself with good people. Um, I'm definitely happy. Um, I know we could all be happier at one point, but, uh, you know, if, if, if you say you're not happy now, then, you know, try to figure out why you're not happy and, and do things to get happier. Like it's not going to be, you know, I'll be happier if I had more money or I'll be happier if I, you know, maybe you'll ha- you'd be happier living somewhere else. Uh, but to do that again, you got to change your situation. Um, you know, obviously when I was unemployed, I wasn't happy because I felt like a failure. Um, but you know, I didn't quit. Um, I just knew things were going to work out at some point. Um, but you know, it's like when I got let go of the military, you know, that was obviously God's plan to let me out of the military because, you know, third generation, um, you know, he's like, I think you guys have served enough. Maybe it's time for a change. Um, you know, you don't know it when it's happening because you get a little frustrated Then you get fired from a job and you're like, well, I would have liked for you to maybe provide another job for me to go to before that happened. You knew I was unhappy in that job, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, things worked out like it, you know, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. It might feel like it. He's not going to overflow your cup. Um, but man, I felt like my cup was pretty full at times, uh, during that time. But, um, you know, you, you can be happy in a lot of different situations, be happy living in this country, <laughs> going back to that. But, uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm happy. My ham, my family's healthy. Uh, you know, just overall 
you know, glad to be where we're at. How much of your faith, what did you question when you were unemployed for a year and a half? Were you like, when is this going to end? Kind of thing. Did you rely on your Uh, faith? Yeah. Yeah, I really did. Um, Because I knew I was doing what I was supposed to do. Um, There wasn't anything more or less I could have done. Um, And I knew it was up to to him to provide a path, whatever that was going to be. If that, if that was going to be, we stay in Colorado, we live with my in-laws for however long and start over, then that's, that's what it was going to be. Um, but that was going to take a big shift. And like I said, I didn't quit. Um, you know, I kept applying for jobs to kind of keep me in the same space that I know and I love doing and, and it worked out. Um, but there are, there are tough times. I mean, I, I def, you know, I definitely, went to church a few times during the week to just go there and, and sit and talk with people and sit with my thoughts and, you know, pray that everything was going to be okay. Um, just, you know, things happened during unemployment. Like my wife's card got hacked and like people took like four, four grand from us when that was probably not the best time for us to get hacked and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you come out of it stronger and, you know, sometimes you wait for the other shoe to drop and things are going well, but, uh, you know, you, you do what you can and you just, you just pray that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And more often than not, it is. And if it's not, then there's always a reason, even though when you're in it, you don't know it. What is that thing they say? If it's tough, it's not over. Or, yeah. you know, so you just got to keep moving forward. Like Rocky says. Yeah. Nothing is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't your Nobel. Yeah. Wow. Where can everybody find you at? Um, so the best, best way to find me is Instagram, uh, veteran custom woodworks with an X. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, but, uh, that page doesn't get a, I don't push that page as much for activity because it got taken down so much. Um, I have YouTube. You can see some of the builds that we do, some of the different things we do. Um, I'm on TikTok, but just not that much, uh, same, same name, veteran custom woodworks. And if you just want to, you know, email me veteran custom woodworks at gmail.com um that's that's pretty much it uh my phone and stuff is on there uh if you if anybody needs to text me to you know know more so you know it's going straight to me because it's it's just me so i like it man i appreciate it i appreciate your time thanks so much brother yeah and happy early birthday yeah i appreciate it uh you guys were fun um appreciate going you know an hour and a half it was a good time Yes, sir. We'll have to do it again. For sure. Maybe yeah, we, man. with Sounds Andrew true. next time. Yeah, because I know Andrew wants to do it again. So, Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know he said he was going to jump on with you guys in like uh, maybe a few weeks or something like that. But yeah. uh, no, that would be fun. All right. Well, enjoy your weekend, man. Enjoy your uh, second workout. Yep. We're going to go do that right now. <laughs> All right, brother. Later, man. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye. bye.